Hi ladies, Chris Vidal from Power of Women in Our 60s. Today we're focusing on the power of choice at 60. And um, Oprah Winfrey once said, the greatest power that a person possesses is the power to choose. We had a couple of great sessions at our meetups last month and um, very interesting to listen to the views of women at our age. Um, a book that I have finger marked and got lots of stickers in is called Power to Choose. And this is by gentleman Hayden Sargent, who um, was born in uh, Wollongong, New South Wales. He did national service and he started the Open Door, which was a drug counselling service in Brisbane. He was a minister, radio and TV presenter, and he interviewed who he claimed was the backbone of society. I reckon a gentleman worth listening to. Now, isn't it interesting, um, over time, uh, we women have listened to many motivational speakers and even now, these men and women address um, people of all ages. Uh, they continue to talk about self-confidence, self-esteem, positive attitudes, setting goals, um, motivational space specifically. And you would think that at the age of 60, um, we should be ace at this, choosing what is best for us. But we're not, uh, we're hesitant. And I believe one of the biggest fears is trust. Now, if we go back in time and we, um, we focus on our choices and what we had to choose as we've been growing up, we really didn't start to choose until, you know, later on in our childhood. I remember the first things... Um, I learned to do by choice was sport. I learned to play hockey and squash and I learned to water ski. And as I go through some of mine, maybe you can reflect on yours. Um, I did not choose to go to boarding school, but I did. And looking back, um, how it's become such an important issue in my life, I'm probably quite glad I did. Um, I did choose to be a teacher and that just opened up so many doors. Um, I did choose to marry my first and second ex-husbands, and I chose to divorce them. Um, I chose not to have back surgery um, when I was younger and ended up going through a different course, which was hard. I chose to have children and probably one of the best decisions in my life. Um, I chose to quit teaching when I was really on quite a high and very successful in how I felt and what I was doing but I knew there were other opportunities I wanted out there. Um, I accepted a job in Bali, which led to me being there when the second bomb went off. Had to leave and go and do other things. Um, I accepted and chose to take a furniture business to Colombo, which again opened up opportunities. That actually led to me accepting a job restyling 16 jewellery stores in the top resorts in the Maldives. And boy, was that a, a year of open opportunities. And then when I came back, it crashed down and I chose to drive for Uber because I needed to do something for myself. Um, I chose to write a book. And again, that opened up opportunities. Um, I chose not to have injections, pain injections, in my two frozen shoulders, one after the other. And I persevered with, you know, just exercise and shoulder um, strengthening, um, 
yes, which took a longer time, but that's what I chose to do. And I choose now to be open-minded, have energy within me being happy and being bold. Um, I choose to ensure that my mum is safe and happy and I put a lot of energy into, into that. But I wish I'd made the choice of playing the piano, maybe learning to sing because I'm as flat as a tack, and also learning accounting. Um, I do leave it to the experts, but I really do wish that I had done that. So going back, we can be sure of one thing. And again, this is what Hayden says, Hayden Sargent. Be sure of one thing. Life can be wasted. The waste lies in the love that we, we have but never give. In the wasted talents and abilities we have but never use. The waste is caused by the small-minded selfish insecurity which will risk nothing. In wanting the easy way, the painless way, we're unwilling to make a sacrifice or to pay for what we want. And so we miss out on happiness as well. Life can be wasted because we fail to realise that we possess a unique life experience that no one else can live. It's ours and ours alone. Interesting, isn't it? Um, I think another um, reason that we are possibly not making bolder choices at this stage is um, we have self-esteem issues. So it's it's a time maybe to question ourselves. And let me ask you these questions. Maybe you want to get a piece of paper and write these down. Do I feel good about myself? If you write yes, then write down what is your happiness. It's always good to write things down because it makes you um, go through the thinking process. If your answer is no, then why? What is causing that feeling? The second one, or third. What sort of self-image do I have of myself? Write down maybe in a couple of sentences an honest description of how you think of yourself. Now, it's quite funny. If I was to ask this with the teenage girls who I look after in a boarding school, they would be so bold. They would be telling me how wonderful they are and how gifted they are and how gorgeous their hair is and their skin. And they quite like their little smile or, you know, they think that they're really rather attractive. They're quite bold. For us, we didn't grow up with that. So really write down, nobody else is going to see you do this. So where did this self-image come from? Maybe some of the negative or positive experiences in the past have influenced that has helped shape this self-image that you have. And then the question is, what sort of self-image would you like to have? If you're content with what you've got, that's great. But if not, and you're going a little bit wild in your head, so, you know, pluck up the courage and write down a couple of sentences, a description of the person you would like to be. And then ask yourself, what have I got to do to achieve that? It's an interesting one. And then the last question here is, if I knew I was going to be damn good at something, what would it be? Anything in the world where money was no issue. If you were going to be damn good at something, what would you choose at this stage in life? And maybe five ideas for developing a better self-image, if your answer was no, is stop comparing yourself to others. You know, stop trying to please everybody, which we tend to do. Stop, try, uh, stop blaming other people for the situation you're in. Take responsibility for your own life. And also be logical with yourself. And always remember, self-esteem cannot come from other people. Self-esteem is just 
all to do with you. Quite interesting because the other thing we've got to acknowledge is mistakes are things you do. Sometimes, um, sometimes you have to shrug it off, laugh at them. And the big swear word that I think the Australians always say, which is which is fun, is if you have make a mistake, you've literally got to go, oh bugger, and move on, and acknowledge the mistake because a lot of the times it's inevitable. So you can choose so much more easily if you have an attitude. And in my book, I've actually got a a chapter just on attitude. Attitude in our 60s is so important. So when you are making a choice, you're deciding on something, slow down, slow down and pause. Glance around, suss in the situation, shoulders back and maybe even hands on hips. It can just give you a completely different energy level. And then you decide. A psychologist, William James, did say, the greatest discovery of my generation is that a person can alter his life by altering his attitude of mind. It's quite interesting. And um, I'll never forget, uh, I went uh, paragliding few years ago down at Evans Head and I can hardly get on a 747 without really thinking that I'm going to die. So I was um, I was sitting up there and the next minute I was setting off and flying over this cliff and that decision was literally somebody telling me I could do it, telling me that if I didn't I'd miss a great opportunity. And I look back on that and I am just in awe of myself, the fact that I went 20 minutes up on the most awesome flight over the cliffs of, of um, down in uh, New South Wales. So I really believe one, our most valuable asset is our brain. And somehow at 60, we tend to do what we always have done, rely on experiences and not explore further. If we want to alter our life in any way, we've got to start to take um, control of our mind. We've got to choose to explore. We've got to choose to think positively because every negative comment that, for example, my mum says, I turn it to be a positive. And then you can see her energy changing and mine can. So if you have the attitude where if you think you can, you have a far better chance of doing it. Choose thinking that you can. It really makes a a big difference. When we are confronted by a problem, a choice, a crisis, we can respond negatively or positively. The choice is entirely up to you. Responding positively doesn't make the problem go away. It simply enables you to handle that problem from a position of strength, not weakness. It gives you the advantage, sort of a positive edge. We have some um, serious choices to make today. You know, we go to the dentist to have the root canal, you know, um, on a health basis. If we were to have be diagnosed with cancer, we're going to have chemo, or radiation, knee replacements. Are we going to have knee replacement or hip replacement? And I think with all of these, we have to start with making, making sure that our um, wellness 
overall wellness is at such a high end. So um, to go on a journey of chemo and radiation, we need to make sure that our antibodies, that our um, vitamin level, that are um, just just a whole wellness within us is um, is fighting fit, so that for us to be able to recover from anything, then we can do it well. You know, if we're going to have a knee replacement, for example, a hip replacement, do we need to lose weight before the actual operation? Because recovery f- would be so much uh, more simple. So these are a couple of. Um, choices you need to make at this stage in life. So after that, here's a fun exercise. Paper and pencil again. So I want you to imagine or visualize yourself 10 years from today. Have a think about these questions when I ask you and do write them down because as I say, they're then embodied. Um, Number one, what is the date 10 years from now. So you're adding 10 years onto the date that you're listening to this. Number two, what's your address? Strange question maybe, but what is your address? Remember your 10 years sitting there, wherever you are, is it the same place that you're living now? Is it somewhere bizarre you wish you were? Is it a great possibility? wonder where you're going to be in 10 years time. Number three, write down your age. Obviously 10 years from right now. Number four is an interesting one. Write down your occupation. Now your occupation when you were much younger had to have an income. Our occupation today may have an income. It may have a automatic income. It's been there for a while. Or you may be doing something on a voluntary basis, but you still have an occupation or doing something that you love doing. It is occupying you. Number five, what is your income? Write down what your income is going to be, whichever way it is, whichever way you receive it in 10 years time. Now for number six, envisage your family in 10 years time. Just write down a sentence or two, envisaging your family. Where are they? What are they doing? Anyone new? Write down what you envisage your family will be. And then for number seven, describe your social life. 10 years time from now, wonder what your social life is going to be. What would you like it to be? What are you planning for it to be? Write down what your social life is going to be. Now for number eight. What have you achieved in the area of your mental life? So when we talk about mental life, as we went back to, as we were talking about the brain, look back in time. What have you done to stimulate your brain, your mind, your memory? So what have you achieved haven't done it yet. It's you looking back in 10 years time. How interesting. And number nine is what happened to your spiritual life over the next 10 years? So you're 10 years ahead looking back. My goodness, your spiritual life. Now spiritual is different for all of us. Some of it's religious, 
some of it's energetic, some of it is um, movement, some of it is belief in one way or the other. So your spiritual life, what you do to build up your soul. And the last question, describe your greatest achievement over the past 10 years. So you're 10 years ahead, you're looking back and you're asking yourself, what is my greatest achievement in the last 10 years? Food for thought, isn't it? Food for thought. So um, in everything you do, and from now in the next 10 years, what's recommended is that it is said nothing great was achieved without enthusiasm. So enthusiasm is the magic pill here. If you are wanting to do anything that is just an achievement in the next 10 years, um, remember that enthusiasm generates energy. And what's funny is it says, I, I've never met a lazy, indifferent, apathetic, negative thinking enthusiast, which is really quite funny. Um, and when we get enthusiastic, we actually care. So to finish off, I'm, I'm now 65 as I'm talking to you. And I have 15 years before I'm 80. Whoa, that's a shocker. Um, I do choose to be excited by life. I choose to talk and meet as many people as I can. I do choose to laugh at my mistakes. And I'm also excited for my next adventure. I choose to prevent ill health as much as possible. And I think I owe it to society maybe that in my stage of life, I choose to be positive and live with intention. So to finish, whatever we choose today will open either an adventure, a learning, a relationship, an experience. And this is in so many different ways. Um, and going back to my choices, I mean, we, we did something as simple as choosing to learn to drive. Look how many places we've driven just by one choice. So is it going to be one day or is it going to be day one? You choose. Thanks for listening.